Welcome to episode 108 of Keep the Kayfabe. I'm Mike, sitting here with my boys, and I am ready to talk some wrestling. Woo! I'm still fired up after this awesome pay-per-view that was on AEW this past Saturday, full gear at the Prudential Center in New Jersey. Wow, we have a ton of matches to get through tonight. We're looking to see who King Booker is. If you haven't checked out the uh, prediction show, I would encourage you to go back to see what the picks were what the picks were that we did but we're going to cover them anyway so you guys just do whatever you want to do but what i want to do right now is i want to introduce the boys and over in glendale a man that keeps it regal and now a dastardly dastardly heel steve grobschmidt what up grabby because i am steve the human suplex machine beat me if you can survive me if i let you oh yep and for yeah. those of our listeners, uh, since this is not a video podcast, Steve even has the hood over the eyes, like he's ready to come to the ring and like put Darth someone Maul. in the mission. That's right. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, that's Steve. That's one of your favorite lines by your boy, Mr. William Regal, is it not? Not the one I just did was Taz. Ah, oh, fuck my ass. Okay. Well, I'd rather yeah. not. It's, it's, it's a yeah. family-friendly podcast. but. <laughs> True. Well, the Dash one for me right off the bat. Yeah, yeah. That's okay. Well, I'm just trying to, you know, tee up for what we got to get to later. I'm just... Oh, I think we're all anxious to talk about Lord Regal. Big time. All right, Steve. Well, great to see you. Nonetheless, let's go down to Bayview. Introduce my guy. He's keeping it freshly squeezed. Yes, he is. It's Mr. Matt Michelson. What up, Matt? Well, I'll tell you what. You guys may not be great, but this last pay-per-view was. It was simply... Glorious. Fucking A. Yeah, that was silky. You sound great tonight, man. New feeling haircut, good. silky voice. Yeah, looking good, feeling good. Keeping it Triple H, eh? All day. All day, every day, baby. Good. Well, yeah. Uh, last week we had our friend Gary sit in. Charlie was out of town uh, on a work gig. And um, it's just going to be us three tonight. We're going to cruise through these picks. We're going to recap the picks. We're going to recap the awesome pay-per-view of Full Gear. And we're going to see who is King Booker. So let's just dive right into it, fellas. Um, this happened Saturday night. I know you guys didn't watch it live. I had the whole family down here. I had pizza and wings made. Opened up a nice bottle of red. My son, Gino, it was his first big pay-per-view. He was like into it so i was sharing stuff with the boys i was fired up but uh yeah after we all got to see it i'm placing this as one of my favorite pay-per-views of all time maybe just a hair below all out 2019 in my opinion wow. what do you guys say i i almost agree completely um and i think you meant all out 2021 because in my opinion that was the greatest pay-per-view of all time but oh, i digress is that the one we went to right Yes, that's the one we that went to. That is what I meant. Okay. Dash two for me. Sorry. Perfect. Fuck his, fuck, fuck his ass a second time. That's right. 
So yes, Just I do DP agree. me, baby. DP yeah. me. I, overall, yes, I totally agree with you, Mike. I we've talked about it a lot on the past few episodes. AEW, I feel like, has really the magic hasn't been around for a while. And and I think we've all agreed on that. We may have even said that on last week's episode. Man, I tell you what, after the set, first match, even even halfway through the first match of this pay-per-view, the magic is back. And I feel it felt so good watching this show. I, there were three matches on the card that legitimately I completely forgot I was watching a wrestling show analytically and I was into it. I was hooked. I was like Steve Groschman at a live show when Ray Phoenix is about to jump off the top of a steel cage. I just, I did not care. I was marking On top out. of William Shatner or something like that. <laughs> it could have been, yes. So, phenomenal show. I'll talk more about what those three matches were as, what we, as we get to them. But yeah, mm-hmm. I agree with you, Mike. This was a phenomenal pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. Steve, any opening remarks before we get into the matches? I mean, I, I, I'm going to just echo that. It was really, yeah, just top to bottom, really good pay-per-view. I mean, only mm-hmm. one match, which I'm sure we can predict what it is, but when we get to that, because I, I watched it the night after, or the next morning. No, I actually, I couldn't wait until the next morning, which was my plan. I watched, I started watching it at 10.30 p.m. Central Time, and I stayed awesome. up till one thirty watching it, but I did fast oh forward through one match, which I think we could probably guess which one that is, but um, <laughs> everything else was great you know i even started getting antsy because i wanted to see the main event and see what happens but i could not do the dis the injustice to any matches by fast forwarding them i watched them all because i just yeah. knew they were going to be good and they were this pay-per-view was like listening to a really good rock album at, where you just started at the beginning and you gotta listen to it all the way through yeah it's like listening to any week of keep the kayfabe exactly you get it Thank you for that, Steve. Perfect. Um, so, yeah, I can't, I can't uh, agree with you guys more. So let's just get into that opening match because I was hooked, line and sinker. We all predicted uh, the first match, as any good prediction show is on Keep the Kayfabe. I chose um, Soraya. Soraya. God damn it. Soraya <laughs> as uh, the opening match, as well as Matt. Steve, um, you picked the elite, and Gary, he picked, um, I think, the four-way here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So nobody got that. So we were already dash one to begin with, but that's I okay. I was the closest. You were. You were very close, <laughs> but that does not count for a point. No, it doesn't. Um, but as I saw the steel cage dropping, I was like, oh, fuck, they're really going to do this. I mean, that is just incredible. Great opener. I thought it would be like... I was considering it as the opening match, but I was like, ah, you know, keep the cage up there. Keep the, you know, hang a, a bloody piece of meat over a shark tank, which is the Prudential Center, New Jersey <laughs> fans for the steel cage. So uh, that's why I picked what I picked, but I'm so happy they did. Um, I picked Jungle Boy to win, as well as Steve and Matt. Gary picked Luchasaurus. Love the pick, <laughs> but sorry, Gary. You started 0 for 1. The boys and I won an O, which is great. Um, So just I'll let you guys elaborate on the favorite parts, but I just knew the Star Wars were aligned for this pay-per-view. It was really, really early in the match when um, Jack Perry's face was up against the fencing, and there was a thick piece of blood that just slid down yes. the, the cage and that is just the shot you can't 
you can't buy that that can't be produced it was just perfect timing set the tone for the whole night i'm like okay this is how this is gonna roll i'm sure tony khan was like probably felt like he did 50 uh bumps of blow um <laughs> seeing that uh piece of blood run down the cage so i was like great but yes jungle boy did end up winning which is great what was your favorite part of the match matt Oh my God. And, and Matt, was this one of your favorites? This was. So this yes, was the it. first, the first of three matches on the card that I just loved. Um, the, uh, admittedly now though, the first five minutes of the match after about the first five, I genuinely was thinking, oh shit, this is going to be a, like just a fart of a pay-per-view and thank God that was not the case. Um, I don't know what happened in the first five minutes. They just did a lot of heat spots with Luchasaurus, just, you know, destroying jungle boy, which is fine. Um, but once they started to turn it on a little more, man, this match got going. A few spots that stick out, Mike, to answer your question. Um, I think the Canadian Destroyer off the chair by Jungle Boy onto Luchasaurus was awesome. The choke slam through the chair is always just a brutal spot to watch. Um, the one that honestly was really simple, but just so well delivered, I thought, was the pile driver that Jungle yes. Boy gave to Luchasaurus. It was super slow and methodical, and you could hear the crowd coming up as they set up for the spot. And then when he stuck it, oh, so good. Um, the The match ends with Jungle Boy doing an elbow drop off the top of the cage, which was awesome, right? And when whenever AEW has a cage match, they go all out. You always know there's going to be some spot off the top, and there was. I honestly feel like this match could have gone either way. It, you could have had that spot, which they did. It still would have been phenomenal, even if they hadn't had that spot. By the time they got to it, I felt like these guys have done everything, and I am so into this, and I'm ready for the finish. I'm really glad they did that finish, but I would have been totally fine if they didn't like that. And that's not very often. I would say that. So yeah, the, this was a great match and I was, I was off to a great start watching it. And we, you know, I mentioned again, the magic of AEW, this match had that it's a storyline that I feel like has been beaten to death and honestly wasn't good anymore. Suddenly I'm back into it. Just great way to start the show. No, I loved it. I, I, I can say enough good things about it. I thought it just was emotional. You know, it was like they like this was like the continued coming of age story for Jungle Boy Jack Perry and like just to overcome his friend. And like they, you know, like up probably behind the scenes, these two are like super excited to actually finally get to wrestle each other because they've been a team so long. So, I mean, like, you know, as performers, they probably were super. But like in the ring, it looked like it was agonizing, like these two buddies that had to like fight it out. And I don't know. I, I This is the magic of not overdoing things in wrestling because I don't believe Jungle or uh, Luchasaurus has ever tapped out. So then, mm. you know, he taps out. This was the if he's ever going to tap out in his career, it was this it needed to be this match against his old friend that he betrayed. And he did. And it was just mm -hmm. um perfect. And I just think, you know, then, you know, Jungle Boy with his family and all that. It was just um, mm -hmm. I mean, I, I almost said his parents, but um, he couldn't do that because his dad's dead. But <laughs> yes. there. you're very you're very correct on that, Steve. Jungle Boy's dad is very dead. Um. And something that isn't dead is their contract with Fidel Sassoon for Ultra Curls uh, that AEW, Jungle Boy, and his family are now doing. And they're going to be running commercials um, at the breaks in the picture-in-picture -picture on this upcoming Dynamite. Did you guys read they that? Have to. I did not. <laughs> it's totally false, but it should be. Um, <laughs> total joke. But no, Matt, that spot off the top of the cage 
such a simple elbow drop. But, you know, if I was a young lad who still thought all of these things were not, you know, choreographed and these wrestlers didn't take one another and actually were trying to hurt each other, that would hurt so bad. So it was such like an appropriate finisher. Like if you drove the point of your elbow into the abdomen off of 20 feet through a table, I mean, Jungle Boy fucked up his ribs pretty bad on that on um on that table spot because he didn't really hit the table at all. He, he didn't. Uh, he, he his knees landed on the mat. The side hit the side of the table. So I mean, he took a licking. But the way that they used that instead of pinning to go to the snare trap, expert. And I love that Perfect. Christian Cage was not like so much of a a player in this because, like you said, Steve. Uh, but Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus have been friends for a long, long time. They've been doing this for a long, long time in this company. They need to do this on their own. They don't, I mean, yeah. Christian has served a great, um, service to them and their story, but I'm happy. They're like, let's just get him out of here. He cheated. And that was it. Mm-hmm. Boys, yeah, let go do guys... your thing. Have your moment. Yeah. And they did. They crushed it. It was phenomenal. Uh, but yeah, Gary was the one that dropped the point there. Uh, we were in a good spot. The next match, I mean, again, if if there was any blow left in the building, it would be probably uh, done for Death <laughs> Triangle and the, <laughs> and the um, Death Triangle. And the, I'm, I'm so sorry. I like I keep bringing up the cocaine. I feel like I mean I'm not into that, but. I mean, I'm just so fired up to talk about this pay-per-view with you guys. Um, versus the Elite. I mean, second match after a steel cage with Lucha uh, Soros and Jungle Boy. Come on. So, um, yeah. six-man tag. We all picked the Elite. We thought no-brainer. I mean, go back and watch the prediction show. I really did. This was, mm-hmm. this was like, yo, it's their company. God, Lucha, uh, Death Triangle definitely deserves it. But it's never going to happen. Well... Expect the unexpected people. This was the most beautiful swerve of all time. This is a match that Jim Cornette would absolutely hate because of all the flipping and spots and just like if anybody actually took the punishment of like a triple super kick to the head 15 times after, you know, doing getting moonsaulted off the top road outside the ring, like somebody your brain would be scrambled eggs. So there was like an element of like far fetchedness, but this is just like an acrobatic like this should be in the olympics chris jericho actually just went he's like i'm ready to pitch this as like an olympic event pro wrestling yeah we're fucking right that's hilarious though but this was like this is like the epitome top-notch athleticism that this sport has to offer was put on on display in this match the, it was spot after spot it was highly entertaining they wrestled for 18 and 40 minutes but at Death Triangle comes away with the victory. You Ray Phoenix uses the hammer that Pac has been wanting them to use forever. Well, you know, you knew it was coming. He used the hammer when he was up in the one-winged angel. Nobody kicks out the one-winged angel. He was forced to use the hammer because if you knew he was getting dropped down in that finisher, titles would change. Well, Ray Phoenix back up against the wall, did the right thing, won it for his team. Death Triangle over the Elite. What do you think about that, Steve? Was this? Oh man! I mean, yeah. were you Triple H's fuck for this or what? Yeah, because I mean, what I like is like, yeah, we all got it wrong, and that's that's great. And, and you know, there was none of these picks. I, I should say there were maybe a couple, but 
few of the picks I think were like, oh yeah, there's that's a no brainer. This was like the only one, and we were, it was like the one we were all universally wrong on. And that's I love mm-hmm. when they do that. Now, mm-hmm. I mean, they're gonna do a best of seven, which they announced later in the pay per view, which kind of <laughs> still could set up for um the elite to win it. But I mean, how many spots do they have? I mean, what kind of moves can they break out in a best of seven? Well, like a- they laid out like. 50,000 in this last match. You know, that's actually maybe a, a great topic for another time, but it's like these are some of the greatest wrestlers on the planet, but s- potentially seven matches, they're going to yeah. have to be real creative with some of them because they can't all be what we just saw. And like, we're going to see stuff to be a we've never seen of one before. Of them. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I wonder if one of them will just be like a, like a one-minute match, you know, just to do something, but because that's a lot of matches. But, yeah. uh, no, I loved it. And I think, uh, you know, not only did uh, Ray Phoenix use the hammer, but then he was just gutted over it afterward, which is great. So they haven't, you know, it's not like, oh, he embraced his heel side. Now it's going to be this conflict going forward. And um, and I think Penta was kind of more on uh, Pac's side, like during the whole thing, like, oh, get over it. It's fine. We won. But yeah, uh, yeah it'll be good. Yeah, the dynamic between the three guys in Death Triangle was so interesting. And these are the kinds of stories you never see in WWE. And, mm-hmm. you know, you start to wonder after a while, is there a reason it has not been done before? You know, maybe it just doesn't work. But this was something really different that I feel like we haven't seen before. Um, just to give my quick thoughts on the match itself, the entrance. God, it was such a feel-good moment seeing the Elite come back, especially after seeing luchasaurus tap out to jungle boy which how often do we see submissions that actually work nowadays i feel um just a lot of really good things done in a very clever way um the match itself yeah it was like a spot fest like crazy which was just great like i loved it loved the whole match this was my second favorite match of the night out of the three that i mentioned um so it it was great the ending was phenomenal um Pack trying to convince Ray Phoenix to use the hammer. Phoenix throws it back at him like, no, I'm not doing that. Mm-hmm. And I think we had speculated that Pack would break away from Death Triangle and go on a singles run maybe and leave you know the Lucha Brothers to do their own thing for a while. That's actually not what happened. Um, you know, Pack insisted that Phoenix use the hammer. And Kenny Omega is about to deliver the one-winged angel. Phoenix has the hammer. He's like, I have no choice. It's either this or it's my ass, right? So he hits him with the hammer, escapes the one-winged angel, gets the win. The crowd, you could tell, was really excited by that, but also really like, we did not see that coming. And not in a bad way either. That's what was great about this. It's like, I did not mind being wrong about Mm -hmm. who was going to win this match. And especially because they then promised us a best of seven series where you could see the story with Death Triangle unfold. It gives the elite some time to rebuild their story and start something new. And we get some killer trios matches between these guys. Like it's brilliant. Like AEW really gave us something we didn't even know we wanted and it works on every level. So phenomenal match, just great ending. Can't say enough good things about this. Well said there, Matt. And, um, I think we're probably going to get some stipulations kind of like the stages of Jericho, how we had that with all like different types of matches with this best of seven. I got to think, which is a great treat for us fans heading into winter is coming and the holiday season. They're really just giving us just a beautiful gift. Yeah. They kind of deprived us for three, four months or however long it was uh, with the suspension, but they're coming back strong. They're making up and this match 
literally all is forgiven, right? And let's not forget the the I don't remember the exact words, fuck you, punk or something like yeah. that, but yeah, there was like there that, that that happened which I think we might see the inverse of uh this Wednesday in Chicago, but mm. high drama. Yeah. And that's must see TV too. So that's just great free publicity right there. Let's keep it moving. Um, the, the next match would be Jade Cargill versus Nyla Rose with Marina Shafir and Vicky Guerrero. Oh, actually, um, guys, sorry. Can you hang on one second? I got to go take a piss. <laughs> <laughs> no oh, problem. Uh, th- this, if you this want. Wasn't, this wasn't the match that I skipped. No, oh totally really kidding. yeah totally kidding <laughs> yeah <laughs> it absolutely was the match i skipped because i I didn't give a shit about it and then in watching like you know making sure i didn't miss anything yeah. i didn't miss anything it was garbage yeah. it's uh, well okay guys okay who is gonna follow luchasaurus jungle well, Boy, Steel that's probably why they Elite. like you literally have to have a palate cleanser this is like the, ginger the perfect term after, for it after the after the sushi the wasabi yeah. that you just had, like you are fucking going crazy. I mean, you got to go get a little more blow in the bathroom because you don't know <laughs> where what fucking planet you're on right now. Right. Well, so, we are at the yeah, Prudential that, Center, so exactly. So I, say, actually, you know, if if if, it, if you have an erection for more than four hours, you should seek a physician. <laughs> so if they had yeah. nothing but hardness, this pay per view, you'd have to go see a physician. So they have to oh, have yeah. kind of the yeah. And the physician would just say, "Are you watching AEW Full Gear?" Yeah, you yeah. should just yeah. turn it off and take. Are a you break in New Jersey? Bit. Yeah, just hold out. Hold out. The Nyla match hasn't happened yet. Exactly. <laughs> there you go. That'll get you limp. Yeah. So um, I actually thought. My so I actually picked Nyla Rose because I was not paying attention. Because why would you to this story? Uh, and I thought, you know, let's do a wild card. Well, we already got our swerve with the elite, it's not happening here. But for a split second, I thought it would happen. Um, I ended up kicking out and going with the boys. I wish I didn't have, I wish I would have paid attention to the story because I wish I would have kicked out on a different match. But we'll get to that later. Nyla, that she gets her little um moment. They bring her out on a low rider with hydraulics. Ode to Eddie, rest in peace. Uh, also love cocaine. She ended up wrestling a match with Jade for eight minutes. Got people a chance to settle down a little bit, get their bearings. Uh, Jade retains or gets back her title, we should say. But, uh, I mean, we don't have to elaborate too long, but we all picked up a point there. I did kick out and change it to Jade. And, uh, yeah, so that's that. Do we need to get into it more? No. I I don't we don't need to get in too much more. Um two things I will mention just for the sake of giving some thoughts on the match. I feel like Jade was really uncomfortable in that ring gear she was wearing because you could see a lot of moments where she'd pause and visibly like have to adjust herself and just her face told this story like I do not feel like I should have worn this while wrestling. Um so that was I think that played into it quite a bit. And I've heard some other takes that are similar to that. Um so that was one piece in the match. The second is you know, it makes sense to put this match after the match with the Elite and Death Triangle. It's going to be a lot. Like, let me just say, it's not going to be nearly as good as that match, right? So, Mike, you're right. It's the ginger after the sushi. Only, I feel like not only was it the ginger after the sushi, this ginger was like a you know, month old and hadn't Pickled. been in the refrigerator. Yeah, it was yeah. not good. And it had been run through someone's anus. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So, not only was it a 
not as good match. It was the worst version of a not as good match. So the difference between the two is really extreme, which didn't help it at all. So yeah, really unfortunate. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know what's next for Jade, but hopefully it only gets better after this. I I like both competitors, quite frankly. I think J- Nyla surprised me in the past. I I am I remain and have been from day one a fan of Jade Cargo, but I just feel like they're just. I feel like I still am convinced that it was Statlander to win the title, and then she got hurt like for a long time, and I feel like they've just put pause on anything interesting until her she comes back because mm-hmm, there's right? nobody. And uh, and uh, I think uh, Athena turned heel, so she's probably not going. Well, no, I mean, yeah, never mind. I was gonna say I think Jade's like maybe actually a face at this point, but uh, I don't know. They got nobody right now. They're gonna have to really be um, think about this. Or maybe Statlander's coming back sooner than later, and um, they'll pull the trigger on that. Well, and when the most interesting thing is about Jay Cargill wrestling whoever they want to throw her in there with is what comic book outfit she will replicate so poorly and think it's actually good. Like, that's super distracting, super gimmicky. Does not make her, um, her more interesting, and I think they need to pull that back a little bit. But she's going after a niche market for fans. I get it. But yeah, let's move along. Um, The next one would be Chris Jericho, current Ring of Honor champion versus Brian Danielson, Claudio Castagnoli, and Sammy Guevara. So this one was a pretty tough one to call. Steve and I picked Chris Jericho to win because it was a safer bet. Uh, Matt ended up picking Brian Danielson, and then Gary actually had a very good case, and I thought it would come through. He picked Sammy Guevara. There was a time in this match where uh, Sammy put the go to sleep on Chris Jericho or somebody, um, and I and, and it was a kickout, which made this match like, oh wow, yeah. If the pet, the competitiveness wasn't good enough, so they did tell a great story. The thing I loved about this match a lot, it was almost like worked in chapters. You know how four ways, like sometimes four ways are kind of dumb because it's like, oh, you're super fresh. Like you just came out of the tunnel, you get hit in the face one, and then you're supposedly knocked outside of the ring. You're laying out there for minutes. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Until it's your turn to put on your part of the show. Um, But in, in this, and it was the case, but it's the way that they did it. Like I thought Claudio and Sammy or Chris or Danielson or whatever, whoever the pairing was, Everybody, like, just did their job. Everybody executed their job to perfection. Sammy, I thought, I mean, say what you will about the guy. We hate his guts. He's a little, you know, biatch. But damn, is he good. Claudia is so good. Chris Jericho, legend. Danielson, legend. This is a dream match. This was a great story. They got a lot of time. It was 20 minutes. This was one of my favorite matches of the night because, um, not every competitor in this match is my favorite, favorite wrestler, but I respect them all, and they delivered. Um, but me and Steve actually picked up the point with Chris Jericho as the victor, and uh, pretty crazy ending, too, if you guys don't recall. Don't, what did you say? Yeah, it was a crazy ending. Um, I honestly wasn't a huge fan of the finish. I feel like it was a little sloppy, um, mm-hmm. which kind of took me out of the match at the very end, which... After all, that 20 minutes of great work was kind of a letdown for me. Um, 
to your point though, Mike, I do feel like the guys all play their part really well. It was cool seeing different stories unfold over the course of the match. You had this yes. friendship between Claudio and Brian Danielson that we kind of saw along the way. We saw this weird tension between Sammy Guevara and Chris Jericho. Obviously, Jericho has beef with you know the Blackpool Combat Club and history with them as well. So, and it was also great watching Claudio uppercut Sammy Guevara's face. So I don't know, just so many cool elements to this match. And yeah, um, it was not actually one of my three matches of the night. But that being said, it was still a great match. Um, I probably wouldn't go back and watch it again. Definitely pay-per-view worthy, though. I did enjoy it. Yeah, the only things I would add to that is, um, yeah, I would say I, I really enjoyed it. I wouldn't put it in my top matches of the night, but but it didn't need to be either. There was plenty of, it just kind of speaks to the pay-per-view and how much good there was. But mm-hmm. I guess if I had to highlight a couple things, one, Claudio, like, kind of was to me, like, the MVP. He just looked, I mean, some of this, you know, he just is a beast out there. And it was Freak. like, like, you know, yeah. And then, you know, he kept beating Jericho leading up to this and, like, team matches so i kind of i mean i was i felt the safest that he wasn't gonna win but he still you know he still came out a winner in the match i think um because he just looked so great and sammy yeah you said it he's he's such a prick but he's he's so <laughs> damn good um i agree about the pay-per-view or the the, the finish that i um thought you know the, he kind of botched the judas effect and then had to do it again one counterpoint i read was uh Jason Powell on uh, ProWrestling.net said it, you know, it was clearly they kind of flubbed it a little, but they kind of made it work because, you know, it took two Judas effects then to take out Claudio. So it's like mm-hmm. they, 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 you know, I think he screwed up the first one, but like true professionals, they kind of made it look like, yeah, maybe they did plan this. So I don't know. Kudos to them for kind of salvaging the ending. Yeah. Everybody in that match is a true professional. So you knew you were good in hands. Um, yeah, I, I, I did forget about that ending up until that ending. I was super, super impressed. Um, but yeah, boys, really, really good stuff. Let's keep her rolling. The yeah. next match would be between Britt Baker, DMD and her group versus Soraya, uh, newly acquired by AEW. I can't help, but like, does this woman see the sun? at all it still just amazes me how pale they can make her she looks great hot bod she's got her brother ringside she's um you know obviously emotional her brother's emotional this was just a really really good feel good moment um we were in unanimous uh decision that soraya would win but um gary actually said no contest which is a wild card pick but i like where his head was at New guy on the podcast, first time, do something drastic. That's how you get your name brought up uh, when you're not on the result show. So good job, Gary, and thanks again for coming. Uh, We'd love to have you again sometime. One of the stipulations was, too, was we thought this might be the perfect match for Sasha Banks to come out. Um, And we threw that out there. If she would or not, uh, we all thought she would not, except for Matt. So (laughs) everybody gained a point. Me and Steve gained two points. Matt gained one point. Gary had a point, but he did not get his no contest. So um, this match was pretty cool. Um, I thought Paige did a good job for mm-hmm. not being in the ring, not being on a big pay-per-view. She held it together, you know, as best she could. And I, I, you'd love to see the emotion. I love to see yeah. this is what mm-hmm. it's all about. I mean, these people 
put their lives in danger in harm's way for our entertainment and they live and breathe it and she went through you know some of the hardest knocks getting to where she is they made a freaking movie about her she's out for a while she's having a good career outside the ring but she decides she doesn't even have to come back but she does delivers against one of the best in the business in the women's division in AEW, Britt baker i thought this was an incredible match what do you think about this one matt I agree. Um, one word I've used or heard used to describe this match has been careful. And it totally makes sense. You know, Soraya coming back after five years, not being in the ring due to a neck injury, um, she wanted to be careful. And that's how they wrestled this match. Now, that doesn't mean that it made the match worse by any means. It was just, you know, worked at a slower, more methodical pace. And I think that's a good thing. Like you don't want to get her in there doing Canadian destroyers on her first night in five years, especially after a neck injury. At the same time, I feel like the match was fine. I definitely think the emotion that you mentioned carried it, you know, a lot more than it could have been otherwise, which was great. Um, It was a cool twist on the story. Britt Baker is an awesome wrestler, and I think that was really brought to light in this match, if it wasn't already, just because I feel like Soraya had a couple spots of offense that she executed that were okay. I think we saw a crossbody from the apron that was a little sloppy. Um, I mean, not that I would ever do one, but you know. <clears throat> and so overall, it was it was cool. It was cool seeing her back. It was cool seeing her get the win as well. AEW putting some confidence in her and putting her over Britt Baker. I'm curious what she does next. I've heard rumors of maybe Serena Deeb being her next opponent, which should be perfect for her. It'd be it'd be incredible, you know, if they want to focus on you know working the neck injury, which Britt really did a lot during this match. I feel like Serena Deeb could do it in a lot more creative way that keeps your interest. Versus, you know, elbow shots to the neck and things like that. So, yeah, overall, pretty good match. Um, It was not one of my top three of the night, but it's cool to see Paige back in action. I agree. Yeah, I think it served its purpose. It was safe. That's the best word to describe it, which I kind of wanted it to be. I didn't want to get uncomfortable seeing her doing crazy shit that you're like, oh, she's going to kill herself literally but so i mean yeah it focused on storytelling and i think it you know some parallels was cm punk's first match back he had to kind of work the ring off ring rust off and just told a good story with darby didn't do anything radically insane and i think uh yeah and again yeah mvp award to uh Britt baker because she i mean i think saray even admitted it after the match that that brit definitely carried her because uh you know yep. she hadn't done that in years so um yeah i guess if you're if you're a big soraya fan um she passed her first test that's probably the best way to say it definitely and kudos for uh kind of put these two together right off the bat bad if that was him or whoever consulted him because yeah like you said steve i noticed that brit was like she really like shouldered the load on this made her feel at ease even with the promos um you know, Britt is very, very talented on the mic. There's no argument with that. And it, they built this match up to something really, really exciting. And yeah, just enough time, just enough buzz. Nice right on the card. Gave this, you know, pound for pound, a lot of depth on this card. So let's move along. And the next match would be Samoa Joe versus Michael Wardlow, TNT champion. And uh, Powerhouse Hobbs. 
Uh, this was the three-way match for the TNT Championship. We were all in unanimous decision that Wardlow was going to win, except for Steve was the lone wolf and went his own way with Powerhouse Hobbs, which I would I was definitely rooting for. And out of the three in this, I never saw this coming, that Samoa no. Joe would end up taking this title. I actually wrote down on our score sheet, yuck, next to this match because I was so pissed. I was disgusted. Mm -hmm. um, I, I couldn't <laughs> even think with a clear head how maybe this could be positive. Wardlow doesn't have a belt anymore. Hobbs got snubbed. I, I hate Joe. He's got two belts now. Now he looks like a king-size mattress with two belts over his shoulders rather than just a queen. And, <laughs> yeah, I just, I just can't stand that guy. I don't love it. I'm sure Samoa Joe fans were super happy, and this was, like, the most exciting night or moment of the night, but yeah, nobody scored a point on that. But what were you guys pretty pissed off about this result, or like what what didn't what's next here? I don't it get it. It didn't do much for me. I'll admit that, and I I respect Joe as a legend, but I'm kind of over him. I hate to say, I just feel yeah. like at this point I'm not quite sure what they're doing with him. I don't know. It just seems like Tony Khan just is in love with him because he's a legend. But right. I just yeah, I think. The only positive I'll say is that I feel like Wardlow, for reasons not his own fault, his title run has been a turd. Like, like the build-up to it was so great, and his feud with MJF was so great, and his title run has been anything but great. And I think maybe this is just pulling the plug on something that's not working, and maybe they'll do something interesting with him now. Like, And what that is, I don't know, but... um. I yeah I don't know what the, I mean I still don't know what the hell's going on with Ring of Honor but yeah now Joe's got two titles so what's he I mean is this just so that he has something interesting in the AEW camp Hobbs Hobbs and um, Wardlow had a little nod like half nod to each other maybe there'll be some alliance there I don't know but um, I'm not distraught that Wardlow's title reign is over because like I said I think it was a failure but I this is not how I would have had it end. I would have had Hobbs, who's the hot hand, get it. Yeah, those are all really good points. I feel of all the possible directions AEW could have gone with these three guys, they picked the direction I wanted to see the least. And I've, I don't want to think this. I think part of the reason behind it is because Ring of Honor Final Battle's coming soon, and it draws focus from one of AEW's big stars over to ring of honor and you know how many how many pay-per-view cycles are we going to have to go through where this is the case i ring of honor definitely needs a tv deal like yesterday um yes because I, I think unfortunately when tony khan is trying to weigh how much time and effort and star power do i put into ring of honor I, every time he does that it detracts from aew and yes. I, it's gotten to the point where the fans can see behind the curtain what's happening with that. It's clear as day and it really shouldn't be because I think that's what's starting to cause some dissension with the fans. Um, and I think this match, unfortunately was a prime example of that. I'll, I'll tell you right now, I was on my phone for most of this match because the moves were just, I don't know. It seemed like the guys didn't really know how to play off each other. There was a spot where Wardlow went to do a senton off the top rope and almost slipped and fell, but then he just went for it anyway. And I think he hurt Hobbs's arm in the process. Mm -hmm. So 
I don't know. Um, the whole thing kind of fell apart. And yeah, then they put the belt on Joe, which I don't know. I think of all the guys, he probably needs it the least. Yeah. Um, it's like, imagine putting it on Hobbs and then seeing the champ. Nobody right. roots for him to be the champ, you know? Right, exactly. And now imagine if they had put it on Hobbs. You've right. got Ricky Starks coming up in this World yeah. Title Eliminator tournament. He doesn't need to win the tournament by any means. He could get eliminated from it and then get kicked over to a title a TNT title program with Powerhouse Hobbs. That'd be phenomenal. Yeah. Um, and then Wardlow could look on to something different. Joe still got the Ring of Honor TV title. They could build up some other opponent for him for final battle. It, it, to me, that would have made way more sense for all the guys involved. But unfortunately, that's not the way it played out. I, um, yeah, you made it. I mean, yeah, you you said it right. I, like, that's how I feel about Ring of Honor. And we've said this on this show many times. I just feel like it's diluting the AEW brand. And then, I I mean, you're kind of seeing it for what, like you said, for what it is. Because it's like, what was that, like two weeks ago on, uh, or three weeks ago on um, Rampage? They had uh, uh, Canellis and, like, Taven and those guys make this big debut. And we haven't seen them since. It's like they just like mm-hmm. they're throwing these little Ring of Honor seeds in constantly, and it's just like it's it's like I feel like oh just don't forget these guys because when we launch Ring of Honor you'll see lots of them, and it's like well I don't care about them the first time. It's like I don't know I I really wish he'd get on with whatever the hell he's gonna do with Ring of Honor because yeah. I don't need it in my AEW. Right. Um. Did you guys recall seeing that move that Wardlow did pull out that we really haven't seen in his repertoire? It was like a corkscrew backflip, something off the top. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. This is what I've been saying. Like, the dude has a lot of moves that people haven't seen yet. And I think he can grow that. And with the belt, I was like, yeah, people will pay attention. And I actually thought Hobbs and Wardlow were having really good work done. Uh, towards the end of the match, but I definitely thought Wardlow was gonna take it, and then out of nowhere, a stupid you know belt over the head. How many times have we seen that? Nothing interesting, you know. And uh, and the title goes to Joe. So yeah, I was utterly disgusted, pissed. Still love you, Mike. Hobbs, well, here's I'm still with you. Here, here's some food for thought. Who has been? Michael Wardlow's biggest enemy thus far in his short career. Just MJF. MJF. Who's mm-hmm. now the yeah. champ. Oh, now yeah. I'm not saying they're going to immediately have Wardlow win the title, but maybe right. they're figuring that this is going to be a world title feud in the near future. Well, I like that, Steve. That's good encouragement. That's the silver lining in all this. And that's why you get paid what you do to participate on this show. So, which is a lot. That- Indeed. Absolutely. All right. Next match. Sting and Darby Allen <laughs> versus Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal with Sanjay Dutt and Satnam Singh for a no DQ match in New Jersey. So <laughs> I um thought I, I mean I learned a valuable lesson here. Two things. Two things. Don't bet against sting on these pay-per-views <laughs> they might like just just don't do it until he actually uses don't try to call the one that he loses take the loss of the point when you pick him to win when he actually loses don't try to get the win when he loses Valuable that's why lesson. i changed my pick that's why i'm I, no uh, longer doing yeah. it okay and then the second lesson is pay attention to your goddamn storylines with jay cargill and nyla rose so i wouldn't have to burn a 
kick out on that stupid ass match slash storyline because I did start on my notes here to kick out before the end of the show after I would give it some thought. And you will see that this actually plays um, a, a heavy hand in the results of this show. So make sure you stick around. Um, and the other reason I thought uh, Jay Lethal and Jeff Jarrett would win was because it's a scuzzy team. Those guys are scumbags. And uh, New Jersey is a bunch of scumbags. I mean, I even brought it out. I was like, this is like the perfect venue for this team to get the upset on Steam. And that's where my head was at. And it's hilarious, too, because I was doing a little work tonight. And I was listening to one of my favorite podcasts, Spit and Chicklets, um, hockey podcast. And I was a little behind, so I was catching up. And um, Paul Bissonette, Biz Nasty, actually said something on the podcast that that made me feel not so alone in my take when last week I was like, these fans there are a bunch of scumbags. They're doing key bumps off the, uh, you know, key tokes uh, before they go into the hockey game. Like, this is going to be the perfect match. So I actually recorded it and shared it with the boys. Matt, do we have that audio clip? We do. And yeah, for those of our listeners who listened last week, you're going to hear a take that you heard last week from... Your one and only Mike here on Keith Kayfabe. So uh, big shout out to Spit and Chicklets for this clip. Let's hear what they had to say. Let's hear it. And we're going to get to the building and how much that's rocking. Oh, Christ. I I think I saw on TV the other night when they won their ninth in a row, somebody, some girl doing a key toke off a guy's cock in the lower bowl. (laughs) That's how crazy things have gotten at the presidential center. (laughs) But this guy has, has got a following. Yeah. Well, he... He called it the presidential center. He meant the prudential center. That This is where I get all my names wrong and how I don't even try to fix it is because I listen to this podcast so much and all these guys do is fuck up. But, I mean, they're pronouncing Russian people's names and it's a lot to, you know, keep track and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, Paul Bissonnette, same thing. Uh, observance of New Jersey and their fans. I thought this would be the perfect place to get the upset. And uh, I was wrong. Uh, Gary, Matt, and Steve all got that point. And, um, you know, no shame. Yeah. I, I, Hey, you know who I thought really came up in this was, um, the fucking big guy. What's his name? Satin. I'm glad you brought that up. Cause yes. honestly, I sat there like that was my big takeaway. I mean, the match is good, but that was my big yeah. takeaway is like, that's how you use a guy like that. It was perfect. And the fans actually got into it. I think it's the first time the fans got into anything involving Satnam because they kept doing these catching guys and these crazy things. And then they, when they took them out at the end, everybody went nuts. So it was perfect use of Satnam. Yeah. I think I, I think I have the, uh, the perfect take on what makes every sting match so great and maybe this isn't the entire reason there's a lot of reasons right but i i feel like every sting match has some element of 80s pro wrestling in it what i mean by that is it has like an absolutely ridiculous character that just makes it laughable like you're like this is ridiculous but then sting is you know a 63 year old dude who comes along and dives you know four stories off of something through some tables or something and you're just like this is surreal i love it um yeah i was actually before you mentioned that satnam singh he he was my favorite guy in this whole match i think it all started when darby dove off a 20-foot ladder <laughs> and satnam catches him and just carries him like like you know how sometimes you'll like if you guys ever go camping you roll up a sleeping bag and you're packing up your campsite and you throw the sleeping bag over your shoulder while you're walking out of the campsite. 
Darby Allen was the sleeping bag in this analogy. And he just gets tossed back into the ring. At one point, Sotnam's back in the ring, takes a bump. It's just, this match was ridiculous. And honestly, so fun. the one thing about it that I was a little disappointed with was the guitar shot from Jeff Jarrett. I thought the production team didn't really do a great job catching that. Um, at least not as well as they could have, because I, it's like, oh shit, this just happened. And that's AEW just- though for you. Yeah, yeah, their camera is not a WWE quality, right? That is the one thing that I will gladly give them shit about. Um, right. Regardless of all that, yeah, the match was an absolute blast. Um, there was a moment in the match where I feel like Sting seemed a little winded. Um, granted, he did do like a dive at mm-hmm. someone, and his head just kind of disappeared out of the frame. It looked like he took a headfirst dive into the concrete in the crowd. So I was a little worried there for a minute that maybe he was hurt, but then he popped up a minute later like, oh, yeah, everything's fine. Just kept fighting his ass off. Yeah. Yeah. Great match. Great synopsis, boys. Um, lesson learned for the next prediction show. If Sting is on the pay-per-view, do not bet against the guy. So, um, Let's keep her moving to the next one here. This is going to be one of the matches of the night. It is Jamie Hayter versus Tony Storm, the interim AEW Women's World Champion. Steve and I actually picked Tony Storm to win this. Gary and Matt stuck with their girl Jamie to take it. Um, this was a very this I I I was texting Charlie. Uh, because he's like, talk to me, talk to me. So I um I was texting him back and forth when St- when Jamie came came out. There was like a weird. I just kind of picked up like a weird little vibe. Like something seemed like kind of weird. Like they, mm-hmm. I think like maybe the decision got maybe switched. And then we saw Tony come out. She looked a little pissed off. Jamie kind of looked like, oh my god. Like, this could be, this is my moment. Like, this is going to happen. Something. And Tony was like, I think something weird happened. I don't know if you guys read anything, but that's just the vibe uh-huh. that I got. But the thing is, there is no reason to take the belt off of Tony Storm, but there is every reason to put the title on Jamie Hayter right now, as we've learned with the acclaimed. When they're hot, strike while the iron's hot. It's going to be good for business. AEW did exactly that. They and it's the interim title. It's not like it's um, you know, the big kahuna just yet, but it's something. It's super significant. And what Jamie is doing right now in her influence with the crowd is super significant. So that is why you have a new interim champion, Jamie Hader. Well done, Matt. Sticking with your guns, picking Jamie Hader. How stoked were you were you, bro? I actually um slammed my fist down on the couch cushion on my couch and forgot that i had a drink sitting there and it spilled all over but i didn't care i jumped up and went yes after it happened um red wine yes yeah yeah this uh this was the third match of the three that just made this pay-per-view great for me um to your point mike yeah i kind of got that vibe too with jamie Hader and tony storm both um Tony Storm, granted, though, she's had, what, 10 title defenses that have all been pretty good, like, you know, at at or above what we've seen in the past from other AEW Women's World Champions. You mentioned the interim world title. Tony Storm's elevated that thing to the point where, in my mind, it is the women's world title. I I don't even think of it as an interim title anymore. It kind of irritates me when they make a point to mention that. Yeah, when Thunder Rosa comes back, they just need to have her get beat immediately and get rid of that shit and get it on the people that have been, like, earning it. Yeah, I I, I agree. I I wouldn't be shocked if 
maybe Thunderosa didn't come back at this point. I, I don't even know what's knows. up with her now. Um, but regardless of that, yeah, Tony Storm, definitely you could tell something was different. Um, Jimmy Hader had a fresh look coming out, which is usually mm-hmm. a pretty good sign. I mean, it happens at pay-per-views, but there was a different energy in the air, like you said, Mike. The first half of the match was good. It was stiff. There was, you know, spots. Um, nothing really earth-shattering. The second half of the match, I think it was the, I'll say this, and this is kind of a weird take, but it was the best interference I've ever seen in a match. And I think it's because it didn't take away from the fact that Jamie Hayter earned the win, if that makes Mm -hmm. any sense. Like it still felt Mm -hmm. like she did everything she needed to do. She could have done it without the interference and probably would have as well. Yep. But it definitely added to the story having Britt Baker sprinkled in there. There was a spot during this match, and I don't know if you guys caught this, when the referee ejects Reba or Rebel or whatever she goes by, and her acting when she just looked up and went, no! Yes. It was so campy, I actually laughed out loud at it. Um, Same here. I love her. But it was very entertaining. Britt takes a bump off the ring. Even after beating in that match earlier with Soraya, I was really happy to see her help celebrate with Jamie Hayter afterwards because we're not going to quite get the Jamie Hayter versus Britt Baker match just yet, but it's good to know that it's probably coming. So, well, they're wearing your shirt. I love that. That was my favorite part was when they're wearing Jamie Hayter's shirt. We're like, "Yo, we're here to support you. I'm not jealous anymore. I want to be. I want to be your girl. Mm-hmm. You've been our girl. I mean, is this a swerve? Is this? Is she a oh, snake yeah. in the grass? You think? I think so. Um, Eventually. The last thing I want to mention, I do want to give a shout out to Tony Storm. She was really good in this match, mm-hmm. and she's been great in every title match she's had. Um, man, when her face was bloodied up and she just looked pissed and was really laying in some of those forearms, it, yeah. it became a really good match. You could tell it almost felt like a New Japan style match by like the second half, where these women are just really wailing on each other. So, yeah, I, I really liked it a lot. And obviously, Jamie Hader winning was really cool. The pop from the crowd when she finally got the three count after like the fiftieth straight false finish. God, it was great. Just I can't say enough good things about the match. Before I uh, turn it over to you, Steve, I'm glad you brought up New Japan, Matt, because Jamie Hayter kind of has that New Japan wardrobe, too, that kind of like gets her even harder with these hardcore wrestling fans, too. She's kind of like the female Will Ospreay wardrobe kind of th- like kind of design of her wardrobe, which makes her even more interesting, in my opinion. And yeah, Tony Storm, she looked like she was like on the set of Jerry Springer and got into like... <laughs> like her lipstick or the blood, the hair. She, if you're gonna drop a title, thank you, Tony, for you know making it look as good as you did by being as brutalized as you did. So yeah, cheers to you, Tony. What do you have to add for us here, Steve? I know you got not, something good. Not a lot. No, honestly, I think you, know, you guys said it perfectly. I think this match was one of the best of the night. I think the false finishes just made it like. I was on literally the edge of my seat because it's like after how many a time that hater that storm kicked out, I'm like, shit, they're not going with hater. I, I, I thought myself numerous times, shit, that was it. She's not going to win. And um, I actually forgot that I didn't pick her. So, I mean, I'm kind of glad I did because I was a hundred percent on board with hater and um, you know, then right. the interferences, you know, how many times have we seen it in wrestling where the interference is like, oh, boom, that's it. But like, interference storm still kicked out interference storm still kicked out so it, it was great i mean they really had you completely uncertain what was going to happen and when it did i i 
I let out a little cr- a yelp too because I was excited that she won it. She's so well deserved. It's not even funny. New Jersey is riding such a heater right now. The New Jersey Devils actually won their 13th straight game tonight against the Oilers versus Connor McDavid, the best in the world. And uh, the Devils have been absolute dog shit for like three, four, five years. Long time, actually. And now they get this, you know, great moment. They get the elite back. I mean, everything is showing up New Jersey right now. And to make matters even better, why don't you bring out the acclaimed and wrestle a little match and yeah. give um, Max Caster a few extra bars in his rap? You get mm. two raps, like two, t- twice the bars. Like, come, I'm moving to New Jersey. I, that's <laughs> it. I'm done. I mean, I don't have a. Uh, I don't. I don't love the nose beers, but I, I'll try to stay away. But if I fall in, I'm gonna need you guys to pull me out of that. Um, out of that that place if i get a let's let's just let's just cut to the chase right now and pull you out don't 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 go there i'll stay i'll stay i love my wife i love my house i love my job i love my child and my dog and and you guys and thanks for listening everybody subscribe on spotify google podcasts and itunes if you love what you're hearing tonight but anyway this was the acclaimed in the rubber match versus Swerve in our glory, Keith Lee and Swerve Scott, we've kind of forementioned that this has got to be the time where <laughs> either Swerve or Keith turns on that on their partner. And uh, yeah, we saw it happen. Swerve Scott, um, you know, pissed Keith off. Keith Lee leaves the, the ring. He's in backstage, leaving Swerve on his own to get his ass kicked by the acclaimed. The acclaimed retain, still take team champions. We had all picked that except for Matt. So Matt, tough, tough, uh, tough pick. But I mean, I I don't even know if I could have really agreed with you because I just love the acclaim so much, man. These guys just kill it. I love the pink outfits. I love the crowd, how into it they get. We saw daddy ass come out. Everything is coming up acclaimed. Yeah, it was a fun match. It's like these these teams have just put on so much good action over the months that uh, I never would have dreamt that Swerve and Keith Lee would have been such a great tag team. I'm a little sad that they broke up, but um, it still was perfectly done. I think I was just giggling when it's like when he slapped him and you're like, oh, boy. And then uh, just to walk out like that was pretty great. I mean, um, but the match itself was, I mean, predictably really good. And they played off the fake injuries and all that. It was um, a nice end to that chapter. And uh, now we got, uh, I presume, Keith Lee and Swerve to look forward to, which will be one hell of a feud. And they claimed on to bigger and better things, hopefully not with like the gun club. I think they could do better than that, but like hopefully like FTR. Yep. Yep. Totally agree. Um, not a whole lot to add for this match. I, I do wish, and maybe this is just me, but I feel like the order of these matches at the end of the show was a little strange. Like, like we had the sting party match and then there was like, what, two other matches before the main event. And I feel like over the last several pay-per-views, I feel like the sting match is always like right before the main event. It's a great, like, let's get everyone in a good mood and like give them some fun so that they're really feeling it when we actually hit them with the main event. Right. And I feel like the women's title match was great. Like definitely put me in the right space. And then when they showed flash flashed the match graphic for the acclaimed versus swerve in our glory, I was like, 
oh yeah, I totally forgot about that match. Like they could have completely dropped off the card. I wouldn't even noticed. And when we actually did get to the match, I thought overall it was good. Um, Swerve's really heelish tendencies. I I'm really digging it. I think it's really good for his character. The breakup of Keith Lee and Swerve. God, that was perfect. Yep. Like you guys said, they couldn't have done it any better. It was great. Um, Keith Lee just walking out phenomenal. So other than that, honestly, not a whole lot to add. It was, it was solid. Totally. Yeah. I'm happy that the acclaim still have the titles. I'm happy to see. I mean, Swerve, um, I, I was really impressed with him. That dude is, I, I've never really paid him much attention, to be quite honest with y'all. Um, it's it's not for any particular reason. There's just so many other people that I love to watch. and um, But he really did. I, I thought he was the MVP of this match. He has, like, this great technique, how he just fully extends. He's almost, he's like... I don't know. Like, I feel like he could sit in, like, if he was in the 80s or 90s, he could be in a Jean-Claude Van Damme movie or a Bruce Lee movie with the technique that he has and the bod and just the flexibility. He's a really talented wrestler. So I'm, I'm that's something that happened in this match for me was I learned something new. Swerve Scott is badass. So uh, he uh, that team is disbanded we'll see where they will go before we get to the main event we have to get to one that i skipped over it happened in the pre-show is ricky starks versus ryan gage but we thought uh ricky starks was going up against lance archer was that like a last minute decision or no that was on friday and then um they had this match and but they did make a last minute decision to make the final which is ricky starks and um um I just drew a Ethan blank. Page. Ethan Page at Dynamite. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Because so that pick is that, on hold. Exactly. And it does have a detriment to the outcome of our King Booker uh, results. So uh, everybody picked Ricky Starks to win on Rampage. But Steve and I are in disagreement. I had Ethan Page winning and Ricky Starks winning for Steve. Matt picked Ethan, so we're going to be rooting for him, new best friend on Wednesday, and then Gary picked Ricky as well, so we'll have to see how that one shakes out, so the book is still a little bit open, but let's turn to the page of the chapter of the devil in New Jersey, the New Jersey devil himself, MJF. What an appropriate place for the man to get crowned AEW heavyweight champion when he's been going by the devil in New Jersey. It's amazing. Yeah. I didn't mm. even know that until it dawned on me maybe like a day or two after and like man, how poetic. So And not to not to add another layer to that, but when he Please don't re- blow my mind, Matt. Please don't re- do it. Well, remember when he returned to AEW after being out for a while and he came out to sympathy for the devil by the Rolling Stones and what was the premise of his story? over the last several weeks you felt sympathy for him to some degree so they're just wow playing layers. layers my fucking god do they got william shakespeare uh writing back there no nah, just tony khan they he's pretty good though. <laughs> yeah it's all that blow okay <laughs> so we all picked uh mjf to win this title i mean the writing was on the wall john moxley was already looking forward to his vacation when he promoted on wednesday 
Um, but the big story was Steve had prophesized it two, three, four weeks before this that possibly MJF might have a new alliance in Lord William Regal. And evidently, that came true. That had to have been so awesome. It was very well done. The camera work was really well done on this one to capture this part of the story. William was signaling to MJF, go check on the ref. Go check on the ref. Get him coherent because he had taken a little licking so he could get the title. Well, as uh, Moxley was checking on the ref, he throws the brass knuckles to MJF, who then uses them on Moxley to knock John Moxley out pinning him in New Jersey. What a moment. Crowd explodes. Good story, eh? And congratulations, Steves. I'll give you uh, two minutes to regal for your regalness. I just need I just need I'm just gonna it was good. <laughs> I'm kidding. I know I got a lot more to say on <laughs> Shout out Charlie. <laughs> yeah. uh, no, that was good. Um uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, it was it would have been such a catastrophically monumental letdown if that hadn't happened. It was too perfect. They've they just told brilliant storytelling there that um, I'm so happy they pulled the trigger on. It just breathes new life into so many things. It just the the perfection of MJF as this yeah the sympath the sympathetic. He's not a face, and he he should never should be a face. Maybe later in his career, you know, like when you just like flare, he was the dirtiest player, and then later on, it just nobody could boo him anymore. So it's like, but he's not there yet. He's just got to be this bad guy, this loathsome bad guy, and it's perfect. I mean, I think Mox can go away now because I think he's long overdue. Regal, I mean, the, the Blackpool Combat Club's been fun, but it kind of stagnated, and then it's been imploding pull the trigger on that and then they did and it's like uh now it'll be cool to see what happens i mean him and mjf are like quite the duo who stands up against them does the remainder of the uh, blackpool combat club rally do they just disintegrate does michael wardlow get involved i mean there's so many things they could do with this that uh it's it was just great and like you said the camera work was great because um it was like they had him well positioned. You could see Regal kind of stepping, stepping in the right spot so that he could slide that. I mean, they just had it all choreographed well where he could just slide those knuckles in, which he's been foreshadowing like for weeks by holding them. And it, yeah, yep. I said last week that I thought they were going to use the ring, but that was even better because that was like Regal's thing as the knucks. Yep. Yep. To totally agree. Um, I loved Regal's face after he slid the knucks in and MJF wins and he looks up the ramp at him and you see they show Regal's face and he just gets this really evil smirk on his face and the camera yeah. caught it so well. Like he looked like yes. Scar from the Lion King. Yes. Influencing <laughs> Simba. <laughs> That's probably the best description you could possibly come up with for it. And yes, you're spot on. Um yeah, overall the match was good. Um I honestly I was pretty tired by the end of this. And I think that didn't really help my enjoyment of it. But honestly, the whole time I was just waiting. I knew MJF was going to win. The crowd hated Moxley in this. And he was just oh, yeah. off that. Like he was flipping off the crowd. He went full heel in this match. So I don't think the result was ever in question throughout it. I think it was more a question of how are they going to get there? And is Regal going to be involved? Because we also, 
over the last several weeks have seen the firm somehow get involved in this, but they never even made an appearance during this match. So I don't know if that was some sort of a red herring and Regal was really the villain all along. I'm sure we'll find out Wednesday and man, I cannot wait to watch. Absolutely. I'm actually really happy that the Blackpool Combat Club are disbanding because I didn't think it I mean, I wanted to like it more than I actually did. It didn't really do anything. It was almost kind of like, well, who was the pinnacle better than the Blackpool Combat Club? Would you say or vice versa? I'd say vice versa. You say pinnacle was better than Blackpool Combat Club? No, Blackpool Combat Club all day was. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it's not so I just want to get a consensus of where we're at with these guys. But um I I yeah, I just uh I'm happy that's over. This world domination with MJF and Regal could be a match made in heaven. Um and, and you know as a longtime Regal fan, as a day one Regal fan, um you know, we all, you know, I loved seeing him come to AEW and there was this this like nostalgia and like, you know, he's you know, he was happy to be there. They gave it a respectful, what, seven, eight, nine months where he was a good guy. But it's like now this is this is Regal as he should be. Like he shouldn't be this like feel good story for his whole run. Right. And uh, maybe that'll keep him from, you know, even thinking about going back to Triple H and uh, WWE. Like give him something really meaty to chew on. Definitely. And everything is in front of MJF now. John Moxley is going to fade into the sunset, take a much well-deserved break. Thank you, John, for everything that you did to carry it. Fuck you, CM Punk. Let's get to the results of this show. And yes. for honestly having no one, like usually AEW for a great pay-per-view, we fucking, you know, stroke it to this shit. When they have like a huge name revealed out of the blue like sasha banks would have been that tonight they put on a great pay-per-view with no addition and yeah. that's what made yeah. this so great they used the tools that they had in the toolbox they didn't outsource they didn't bring somebody in they didn't go for the cheap pop they used the roster members that they're paying for so very very good stuff so matt and gary uh are both at seven and six Mm. so gary congrats you you had a winning record for your first prediction show on a pretty tough pay-per-view to call so congrats on that matt i'm sorry you didn't touch me or steve but thanks for playing bud i loved your picks and congratulations on that jamie hater pick anytime that's why i'm here (laughs) so this is where it gets kind of interesting steve you're at nine and four. Mm-hmm. Me, I'm at eight and five. You have Ricky Starks winning on Wednesday. I have Ethan Page winning on oh Wednesday. Oh my goodness. Ooh. If I win, I tie you. If you win, you're the outright winner. If I tie you, the draw goes to the champ. So the book is still open on this one. We won't find out who the King Booker is for the biggest match of the year and keep the kayfabe history between Ethan Page and Ricky Stark. But as a man uh, of integrity, I'm willing to throw in this new stipulation. And I mean, we can edit this out. We should talk about it. I used a kickout. None of you guys used a kickout. 
if you use a kickout on the prediction show, or if you don't use a kickout on the prediction show, should that be an extra point? No. Because nah, I don't think so. Because if you hang on to it, then you it, it kind of defeats the purpose of the kickout too. So like when you use the kickout, you you should be right when you use the kickout. And I think yeah. if you use the kickout and you don't get the point, I mean that's insult to injury, I guess. So do we Yeah. I think you should leave it. I don't think you need to reward somebody for not using it. Um yeah, I think that just puts more weight on a mulligan than it mulligan deserves. Got it. Okay, cool. So, if Ethan Page ends up winning this Wednesday against Ricky Starks, day before Thanksgiving, it's going to be awesome. Mm-hmm. I would retain yeah, King Booker. I wouldn't. Two-time champ. But, if Ricky Starks ends up winning, Steve Grobschmidt would be a three-time champ. So, that should be enough incentive for you to tune in right before Thanksgiving um, this Wednesday on Dynamite. Thank you all for listening so much. We still have um, a bit of business to get to with the promo of the week. But, um, yeah, guys, any final thoughts on full gear? If uh, Ricky Starks loses, I'm going to... um... Send him some enough nasty messages that it ruins his Thanksgiving, but no pressure. <laughs> well, it's in New he's from New Orleans, and if he goes down there, you can't really have a bad time. Ethan Page is from Canada. You can't have a bad time either. I mean, I, I don't think there's anything we can do that can tarnish these guys' attitudes. No. Because your because your attitude is your altitude, ladies and gentlemen. That's true. And that is exactly what this promo is all about coming up from Drew Zach from Delafield, Wisconsin. Gobble, gobble, keep the kayfabe crew. Thanks, Drew Zach. This is the gobbly gooker makes his first oh appearance God. in the WWE right on time for Thanksgiving. So how appropriate. Thank you so much, Zach. Uh, if you want to hear your promo, promo heard on the air, just send it to keep the kayfabe at Instagram or Facebook or hit us up on Gmail at keepthekfabe414 at gmail.com. So, happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Let's send it over to the gobbledygooker and Mean Gene Oakland. Here at the Survivor Series, and I gotta tell you, these great fans here in Hartford, Connecticut, are red hot too. And you know, when it's so hot, so long, well, that means that the incubation is all over. Now that means a lot of us are looking forward to seeing this gigantic egg, wherever that came from, I'm sure it had to hurt, but this egg is going to hatch here tonight. As a matter of fact, hold on. This cracks me up. I, I can hear it starting to creak and crack right now. Everybody has speculated as to what might be in the egg. Is it a dinosaur? Is it a rabbit? Balloons? Is it the Playmate of the Month? <laughs> Who knows? Well, the way it sounds to me right now, the speculating is all over. Oh, stand back! Oh, look at the stand back! I think that egg is ready to blow! Oh! Oh, there it is! What, what is it? <laughs> what in a world? Oh my god! What? What 
in the world is this? I don't know what it Take is. Take a Rod. look at it, ladies and gentlemen. No. You're looking Feathers. at me like I know what I don't know what I, it is. A beak. A little rooster tail up on top. I don't know. They got a pair of legs like my mother-in-law, pal. Look at the feet on this thing. I can't believe what in God's name is this. Holy. What? Uh, uh, give, what, what is with the gobbledy? The gobbledygook. Don't tell me you're the gobbledygooker. You've got to be kidding me. Is that all you do is gobble? Well, on Thanksgiving, what would you expect? Greatest gimmick of all time, wouldn't you say, oh boys? <laughs> you guys were you guys probably were too young, but I actually saw that live and uh, Oh man. That were you was watching one it with of, your old man? I, I might have been, but that was like truly one of the Oh my god, what the hell? Like like what the hell's Vince like those early stages of what the hell is Vince thinking? That was like such a fart in church, a wet fart in church <laughs> that yes. uh it was just a disaster. And it was like Hector Guerrero. It was like, uh, you know, uh, uh, Eddie Guerrero's brother. It was like, you know, a real wrestler in there. Oh, man. <laughs> well, the only thing, I mean, you are right, Steve. That was a little bit before my time. Um, I think the only thing I can say in response to it is... Perfectly said. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that wasn't a drumstick getting jammed down your throat. That was your best turkey call impression. You know what, Are you though? still hunting, Matt? Uh, not so much anymore. No, it used to be a tradition like with the family and stuff, but uh, we're kind of past that point now and I don't get to spend as much time with them on Thanksgiving anymore. So, so no. Cause you got a new family the keep the cave family. That's yeah. Right. Yeah. I gotta, I gotta look out for these guys. Yeah. Not you know, Rosses. I don't know if, I don't know if you knew this, but, um, I actually speak Turkey and what he said was in gibberish. It actually was some good advice. I don't know if, um, I think I you could probably guess what that is. No, tell us, Steve, please. Really? You want me to tell? Okay. Well, it's um, it's, it's three things really that turkeys always are mindful of. Um, What's that? It's to stay hungry. Did I get it wrong Dash already? One for Steve. Oh my so god! How hard it is, Steve? You put me on you the see pressure. How hard it is? Damn you guys it. fucking put. You know, this is what this is how it goes. Stay this hard. Is how it goes. It's, <laughs> Sure, no, it's done, Mike. Yeah. Sure. You know what? I think you know now what the turkey said, so I think you can take it from here. All right, Steve. Give it to a pro that's flawless. All you got to do is stay humble, stay hungry, and stay hard this Thanksgiving, everyone. Thanks for joining us. What, is that? what does that mean, Steve? Triple H! Hello! <laughs> awesome. But what you?